This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Anybody who would like to jump in on it, ask any questions, we will open the floor over here um, right now. Anybody here? Anybody on Zoom? Feel free to uh, unmute, unmute yourselves. Okay, wait, okay, we have a therapist in the house. One second, grab the microphone. Wait, wait, take take the mic, take the mic, so everyone can hear you over there. Yeah, yeah, please explain it. I would love to hear. Okay. One second, she's going to start billing us all now. Go ahead. <laughs> Group therapy. So so I think basically what you're saying from a psychological perspective, it's the same thing. Yeah. But w- the way we look at it is through the inner child, at least the way I see it. Okay. Um, and the way the inner child operates, or the way, if we're having a big reaction to something, yeah. Um, the percentage is usually 90% to 10%. So if we're having a big reaction, 90% is the inner child and 10% is the adult. Because in an adult space, we're confident, curious, courageous, connected, compassionate, all the C's. Okay. And when we, when something happens, we we can call it a trigger, right? Like you, like that baseball, yeah. right? He got triggered. Where did that trigger come from? Like you and I and everyone else will all have different triggers because depending on our past, right? Okay. So he gets triggered, his inner child comes out mm-hmm. and that's the part of him that's reacting. But how we how do we counteract that? Which is basically what you're saying, like that man who who lost his 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 mind almost, right? Like right. that wasn't him losing his mind. It sounds like he was in his inner child, right? Right. And the way how do we bring ourselves back? We actually remind ourselves. It's called blended. So we get blended with our inner child. Okay. And the way we bring ourselves back is actually to like look at simply look at our hands, remind ourselves that we're in an adult. Look at our hands. Look at our shoe size remind i i have a job i drive a car right right and start bringing yourself back into that adult space where oh wait one second like i'm not not like five <laughs> like no because really we we that's what happens to us we literally go back into that five-year-old think right. about like adults who have tantrums right like right. or the narcissist yeah it's like basically from a, that perspective it's like bringing yourself back to the adult space awesome. and and actually showing up for your inner child and soothing your inner child yourself as the adult as the adult uh-huh. is which what calms you down enough to get your brain back again very good uh, thank right. you very good very good that's that that was that was said very well very succinctly explained i think that was awesome very good thank you <laughs> okay go ahead if giving up something can make me unhappy and cause me pain in the future I shouldn't give it up, even if it'll be better for the other person, correct? So I think that it depends on the thing. And I, you know, it's very interesting because in, in many things, Rafael Kanievsky just gives definitive guidance. But in this particular chapter, he mentions like three or four or five times that a person should make sure that they have somebody to ask when it comes to certain situations. So I, I don't know that there's any one answer for everybody. There are certain times a person should put their foot down and say, you know, I, I need this. And then there's certain times where persons should say, I, I want this. And if I don't get it, it will be okay. And if I don't have this, like I, I've had people, you know, take ideas like, like I'm trying to make like a, a relevant muscle. Like let's say, let's say a wife says like, my husband didn't buy me jewelry, Friyanta, right? So she can sit there and say, I, I need jewelry. It, it's a halacha. He needs to buy me jewelry, right? It's a halacha. He needs to. Um, 
all my friends have jewelry. Socially, I'm going to be, it's going to be very weird if I show up and everyone says, what do you get for Yantif? And I, I don't have anything, right? So she can create a whole narrative, a whole story where she's convinced that if he does not buy her jewelry tonight, then then they're just flying into a brick wall at 100 miles an hour. That's not necessarily the reality. Now, she might be right in what she's asking, right? Hey, it's coming for Yantif. Can we go together to the jewelry store and can we buy something? That, that's a fair ask. But for a wife to take that and turn that into an issue that is so big, even though you might be, in theory, correct that you should get jewelry before Yantif, but the idea that this now became the center focal point of your relationship for three weeks leading up to Yantif, and nothing else matters, nothing else is spoken about, and your whole relationship is neglected because of that, that, I would say, is probably the 90% child reaction. It's, it's not a reaction of an adult. It's not where you say like, hey, I'd like, I'd like to get jewelry how do I put a mechanism in my home to get jewelry? By the way, just Aitza Taiva, for those of you who are not married, just an Aitza Taiva to get yourself a lot of jewelry, okay? Is is that what you do is, because mo- okay, if you're listening at home, it might be too late for sukkahs, but it, it definitely will work for Pesach, okay? What you do is you set aside every month a certain amount of money in a separate bank account or in an envelope where it, it, it leads up. That's like your your private fund, I'll call it. Okay, so it could be a hundred dollars a month, or it could be whatever. I don't want to say a number that anybody's going to hold me to this. Okay, and then like a week or two before Yandif, you turn to your husband and you say to him, "Hey, you know this little envelope I have here? I would love if you came with me to this store and we went and bought me something for Yandif." He, you don't even have to think about the money. The money's already spent, right? Because it's already in the envelope from the last six months. Okay. And you're buying it for me. So you don't even have to do any of the work. You just literally have to show up and give your opinion and then just compliment how good this piece of jewelry looks. Ta-da! You will have jewelry every single yantif. It's very simple. It sounds like such a simple thing. I've done this with like a, like dozens of couples and it works. It actually works. Whereas if you show up at the last second, you try to just like, oh my gosh, we need $5,000 tonight. It's an emergency. It's like the Koch Nefesh, like Pigeon Shvillian, like because I don't have a ring on my finger. Like the 17th finger doesn't have a ring that's usually not going to create like an environment where you're going to be getting, you know, getting through a nice Yantif. You're probably not going to get jewelry that Yantif and you're probably not going to be spending that kind of money that Yantif. So there's like smart ways to go about things. And if you go about it in a, in an adult way, I, I like this muscle of the 90, 10, where sometimes I'm sure, by the way, just I want, I'm asking this, that sometimes it's probably not 90, 10, probably something that's like 50, 50, right? I guess it depends on the person, right? On, on how much a person has, um, I would call it like probably inner child work that they need to do, right? Am I right in that? I never thought about that. Okay, we got to think. Look, here we go. <laughs> I, I I would imagine that that's the case, right? Because most people are not triggered ninety percent of the time at ten percent soothing. I'm just postulating. I, I don't know. Wait, take the mic. Take the mic. So everybody hears. <laughs> Oh, I hear you. I hear you saying it's not, it, it, it's severity. It's not frequency. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. Very good. Okay. We're learning stuff here. Tell, tell me when we get a certificate. <laughs> okay. Very good. Okay. So yeah. So therefore just going back to this person's question, I don't think you could answer the question and simply say, yes, you, you know, just because you're hurt, you should be make this into a, ter- you know, tremendous issue. I will argue that, even when a person has a legitimate thing to bring up, there's a way to do it. There's a way to do it, right? How often do our parents tell us as children or we tell our children, you know, that's not that's not a way to talk. 
maybe the person's saying something that's right, but that's not a way to do it, right? There's a way to go about things in a mature way where you're able to have your voice heard. And usually if you do it in a smart way, you're, you're actually able to allow things to be heard the right way, which is why I will argue that that is a part of Vatranas. To be Mavater means that you're not allowing your reaction to be pulled because of something that happens. Your reaction is not a reaction to something that happens. It's more like, I've thought this through. I'd like to bring this to your attention. And then you utilize one of like 8,000 skills to get whatever you want conveyed to the other person, as opposed to just snapping off the handle and being like, I have a right to demand this. Don't I have a right to do this? Like anytime somebody says like, don't I have a right? They're always wrong. You, you, you may have a right, but whatever you're doing now is almost certainly going to be wrong. You have to be very cautious how you approach your spouse. And if you, if you think about it like that, then you'll usually do it in a smarter way. Yeah. What if you know it's best to be about there in a situation, but you're not ready to react calmly? Yeah. But the other person will already notice that you got annoyed. So if you say something like it's nothing, how do you handle it? So I think a lot of times a person can say, and again, I think this all goes back to the same thing, that if if a lot of Vatrana is, is is the ability to not react from an emotional, from a hurt, from a scarred, you know, non-confident place, if that's what Vatranos is, if that's an element of Vatranos, then you then you can simply say, or you should probably simply say, yeah, it was a little hurtful, but I, I just need a little bit, I just need a little bit of time to work this through. You know, like with couples, a lot of times, you know, therapists will tell them, like couples therapists will tell them, if you ever have like a, a moment where it's just so intense at home, they'll say, like, like, go for a jog, or go for a walk, come back in a half hour and then process it through then and then, and then have a conversation if you're able to. So there's nothing wrong with saying that, like, yeah, I was a little hurt by that, or I have to like think this through, like, give me a few minutes to like process it. And I think that when when you react just from your reaction, that's where things usually go downhill. So it's it's a skill. I think that it is a skill to to not just jump and not just react and not just like shoot off. You know, how often like you get an email and then you're just like you want to respond a second later, like like wait an hour, and, and then you'll usually see that like it'll be a little bit calmer it'll be a little bit softer you know you go you know i don't want to say anything about something i'm gonna get in trouble with but you, you you can or bounce it off a friend okay a very smart friend who has very high intelligence okay maybe a friend has like a lot of artificial or 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 genuine intelligence and you ask your friend like hey can you rewrite this for me in a softer tone you know so that it don't come across as harsh as you know as as i feel right now because the reaction is usually the part where you're going to go wrong. The reaction, the heaviness is where usually is going to just make things spiral out of control. Most of the time when I sit with a couple, I realize that the, the core element of what they're arguing about is so small, they almost always forget about it. It's more like, and then he said this to me, or they looked at me that way. It's like the person who's hit in the head. And then, and then I can't believe you reacted like that. I can't believe you didn't stand up for me so fast. Like, whoa, slow down. Like things are moving like a million miles an hour. I can't keep up with this like emotional roller coaster. That's usually where you're going to go wrong, where things are happening so fast and the reaction has to be so strong. Yeah. They said there is Hatzal for physical pain and most Hatzal members don't feel used and hate. Narcissistic people make their close people suffer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hundred percent true. It's true. They, they, they do. Again, I'm not, I always tell people like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not like a licensed therapist. When people come and they start diagnosing people with mental health things, or whatever, I'm like, okay, then you got to go speak to a licensed mental health professional. 
that is beyond my you know scope of practice that that's not something that i can i can you know i can't i don't know i don't know you know so we're just going to assume that some that but i i believe that the element though is correct and i would say that you know narcissism i'm sure with many people goes undiagnosed but the element of a person who keeps circling back to themselves it keeps coming back again and again and again it's usually coming from something that's hurt on the inside but when a person i, I i'll say it a little different here i think every person is obligated to look at themselves not look at somebody else Meaning, let's let's stop diagnosing all the people around us with every mental, you know, disorder, right? Let, let's let's stop for a second. We look at ourselves in the mirror and ask ourselves, like, am I a light person? Am I a person that it, it, I'm I'm fun to be around? I don't mean fun like you're running on roller coasters every day. Like, am I like a person that is light? Am I a person that people enjoy spending time with? If that's the case, then you're probably doing most of your relationships right. Right. But if you're a person that nobody can can stick around, if, if everything is super heavy and people are constantly avoiding, you know, then you have to ask yourself, like, maybe I have something to work on. That's the idea of Atronus. I think that all these things are not about diagnosing other people. They're about our own internal work to be able to, like, allow things to slide and allow yourself to be challenged. You know, the thing with with the original that like really stuck out to me was like, he gave like a whole speech to all of his Hasidim and they all leave and then they come back and they go, some peasant just made a comment about your speech and he just uprooted your whole speech. And he was like, wow, that's the reason this guy is alive. Like he was able to take that. He didn't, he wasn't like, is he crazy? Like I'm the Rebbe here. Like I'm, I'm like, you know, commanding half of Europe. That's not what he said. He was like, no, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Wow. Amazing. He has such a good point. He's right. You know, just don't forget within... That, that's the beauty. I think that's the beauty. It's our own internal advice that we have to like focus on. Every person on our, on our own, like how judgmental we are. I would also just simply say, like, if you ask yourself, like, most of the things that you talk about, are they positive or are they negative? Are you mostly putting people down or are you mostly complimentary? Like, ask yourself, like, throughout the course of like the last week, can you think of like five or 10 people that you've, you've built them up or you've complimented them? That's that's confidence if you're able to do that, right? If you're able to like make somebody else feel good. Whereas if most of your conversations, I mean in, in an authentic way, not that you compliment them, then you turn, you go like, oh, I really hate that. And not like that. Like where you're able to really, truly, like genuinely like look up to people, that is like a real sign of a person who's who's good. When somebody says something about you, you're like, okay, it is what it is, you know? Revar and Leif Steinman, there were people who wrote things against him like graffiti outside of his house. They wrote like horrible things in graffiti on the wall of buildings. And somebody knew that Reviron Lieb was like walking out of his building. They wanted to quickly go and scrub it off before he came. And they weren't able to. And Reviron Lieb was walking by and he was like, okay. Like it, like, it didn't affect him as much, you know? Like imagine if you came out of your work and somebody scrawled on the wall, like in huge graffiti letters, something really nasty against you. Most people would be like, I'm, I'm hiding under the bed. Like, we're, you know, Put me in a box. Like, we can't survive that. He's like, okay, somebody made a comment. <laughs> no big deal. Like, they able to just move on. That's a sign of confidence, right? David Feinstein, there's like 10 stories where he was giving a speech and somebody disagreed with him. And he was like, okay, you heard another opinion. Okay, you know, <laughs> that was it. That was the whole thing. Wasn't like shaken, thrown off. He didn't have to like, no, you don't know who I am. I grew up in Ramesha Feinstein's house. I'm the place of Qatar. It was like, okay, I hear you. Well, okay, so you heard my opinion. You heard his opinion. Okay, fine, very nice. Thank you for inviting me to speak. And then he left. It was like totally calm. There was no, 
there was no ego. There was no ego. It was it wasn't there was there was nothing there. You know what I mean? I just also I'm reading David Feinstein's book. It's just a, it's an awesome book. He came to like a gathering. I think it was in Borough Park, and there was like a bunch of gedolim there, and they had like a bouncer at the door. So they told the bouncer like only like the big rabbis are allowed in. <laughs> so all the rebbes came, the Rosh Hashiva, everybody came, right? With the frocks and, and the whole thing, they all showed up. And Reb David came and he's just wearing like a simple jacket, suit, whatever, and came up the door. And the, the bouncer didn't know who he was. The bounce, like, I don't know if he was even Jewish. And he said, sorry, this is only for the rabbis. So, so Reb David said, ask them if they have a seat at the table for, for, for David Feinstein. <laughs> so the guy went in, he said, there's a guy here. His name is David Feinstein. They were like, Rav David's here. Like they ran to the door, like, let him in. He wasn't like, do you know who I am? It was nothing. There was no ego. It was no, there was no ceremony. It was simplicity, pashtas, just simple. That's, that's confidence. You don't have to constantly build yourself up to, you know, to reaffirm the whole world knows exactly who you are. You're not so affected by everything because you know who I am. I think that's the, the, the core element of what, you know, Vitor is. It's not about just letting everything slide. It's a real Avaida. It's something that really takes inner work to, to like get yourself to that point. And sometimes people need to uh, speak to a therapist, right? To <laughs> work this through. <laughs> but I think that that's, yeah, that's it. Okay, one more thing. When teaching children about being Mabatar, how can you teach them also about standing up for themselves and their needs? I find modern psychology focuses on the whole don't forget about yourself while Torah is more about forgiveness. Yeah, that's that's such a powerful idea. It's 100% true. Meaning you're teaching your children such a great, great, great question. You're not teaching your, you're not teaching your children to, to stand up for themselves to become the bully. Like I think like many like old school thought is almost like you bully the bully. You know what I mean? Like you, you stand up for yourself and make your voice heard. There's also a lot today of like my truth. Like, what, what in the world does that mean? Like it's not truth, but it's, it's your truth, right? This is my truth. Okay, great. It, it's not like my opinion anymore. Like we're way past that, right? Like a Torah perspective is like you have your opinion and you might be wrong, right? Secular thing is like you have an opinion and you're for sure right. Not only are you right, like your opinion becomes fact. This, how does that work? It doesn't make any sense, right? But but we we do live in a very upside down society. There's no question about that. I think teaching your kid to be mavater is teaching your kids to have healthy reactions to things. I think that's really the key. Standing up for yourself is is a form of confidence, not a, not a form of bullying. So, yeah, I think that there's you know we could unpack this a lot, but I think the core elements here is that a, a child is able to understand from a, from a core perspective, like my, I'll give you a small mashal. Okay. I'll use my son as an example. My son, Avi, awesome kid. Baruch Hashem. I think I mentioned the story once. I think it's an awesome story. Him and his friends, they, every day at recess, they would play soccer. And there was one kid who every day would come in, he would grab the ball, he'd run away. He would steal the ball, kick the ball. The kid was like not included in the game. So my Avi, he went over to this kid one day, like before recess. And he said to him, I take it you're not really good at soccer. That's why you keep stealing the ball from everybody. How about me and you? I'll teach you how to play the game. I'll practice with you. You'll be good enough to play, and then you won't have to feel the need to steal the ball from everybody. Kid's seven years old. He just turned eight. Okay? And his little kid in second grade was like, thank you. 
Like, you understand me. Okay? And now this kid is included with everybody else. There's certain confidence to that. So, yeah, in, in, in like a certain lifestyle, it's about standing up for yourself and bully the bully. Nebuch, this kid is in pain. This kid's hurt, right? So having that, that, that work, that inner thing, even a child is able to see that. Like, maybe this person's in pain. Maybe I have to be there for them. I think that it's part of like the, the whole look at the chinuch of a child. Um, but yes, this person's question is a very, very valid question. That being mavatar does not mean just letting it slide. I think also I'll just say that saying to your children, saying to your children, just let everything slide is completely invalidating to their feelings. A person has feelings. As adults, we have feelings. Somebody says something that hurts. Acknowledge that it hurts. You're not Ravari Levine. You're not. You're not. It's okay to say, yes, that hurt. But now what do I do with that pain? What is my reaction to this? I think that's the key. And usually if you slow down, if you're a confident person, your reaction will build. Your reaction won't destroy. And I think that's the key element of being Mavatar. I really appreciate this person who submitted this question because this is bringing clarity to me. The idea of being Mavatar is not that it didn't happen. You don't say to your kids, didn't happen. You say to them, it did happen. And yes, that's very, very hurtful. So here's what we're going to do about it in a healthy way. You teach your children to be healthy so that you're not a 70-year-old who acts like a child because you never learned how to deal with things in a healthy way, to process things in a healthy way. That's what it means to teach your children to be mavater. It doesn't mean to suppress and teach them that your, your emotions are not valid. Your emotions are not real. Probably one of the most unhealthy things a parent could do to their child. Agree? Yeah, one of the most unhealthy things. Then the, ch- then the child has no skills for life. Because then every time something happens, they become a nothing. They become a nobody. I was talking to somebody who, who struggles with self-esteem. And every time I said to them, so what do you think about this? They go, oh, no, no, whatever, whatever you say. And what do you think? No, 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 no. It's okay. Whatever you want. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not having this conversation. Sorry, this is not healthy. He said, what do you mean? But I'm giving in to everything. I said, I want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to a mirror. If, if, everything, if everything is exactly what I want, I would sit down. I would literally just put a mirror in front of myself and I would say, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, we agree. Yeah, absolutely, we agree. I want to hear your opinion. I want you to show up. I want you to challenge me. Healthy person has a, has a dea. They have a voice. They're able to say something. But I think this question is so, so, so important. Teaching your children how to react in a healthy way. That's what you're teaching your children to be about there. To teach your child that your feelings are nothing. Whatever happened is nothing. Somebody hurts you, you just take that. That's, 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 a, that's enabling child abuse. Every time something happens to the kid where somebody does something that bullies them, the kid's emotions mean nothing. You like turned your kid into Ravari Levine. You, you skipped 75 years of Aveda and like you just skipped to the front of the line. I don't agree with that at all. I think that this is something that has to be developed from a child. A child has to learn how to react in a healthy way. And that's how you make healthy adults. Teach them how to do it in a healthy way. But it's not like, oh my gosh, somebody looked at me funny and all of a sudden like I flip out. That's what's unhealthy. Make sense? I think this all, yeah, now it like all fit. The puzzle piece is complete. Thank you to whoever asked that question. Have a kasiva, v'chasima tayv, everybody, a good yar. And stay tuned for our next shiurim, which Mr. Shem will be coming up very, very soon. Take care, everybody. Good yar. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.